Uni in the background? No. Oh, yes. <laughs> I was like, how I know I heard a cat cry. Well, I think that was Mushu before. I'm putting their plates of food down right now. <laughs> oh, we uh, barged in on you at dinner time, huh? Barged in on the dinner time. Yeah, <laughs> Mushu's the uh, the one that panics over food these days. Chuni can like take it or leave it because he eats crunchies, but Mushu is real, real reliant on this wet food. More importantly, is it chopped liver from the butcher around the corner? Oh my god, no, but it is, I think, beef liver tonight. <laughs> oh, seriously? <laughs> Wait, let me check the flavor. Yeah, it's tender beef and liver pate. Wow, you're just quilling hard. Quilling I'm, hard today. I'm quilling hard. Yeah, I did get them. These fancy, they're like little packages of like full fishes. <laughs> fishes? <laughs> oh, full fishes, huh? Full fishes. Yeah, this one, I, I already fed them a couple of them. This one that I'm holding right now that's so jiggly and brothy oh. is sardines and mackerel. <laughs> And there's, like, full little chunks of, like, sardines in there. The other one that I gave them was, like, I opened it up and I tried to mix in. They have, like, a powder, like, tooth cleaner that I mix into their food sometimes. Oh. And so uh the other one I I opened up and I, like, poured their little scoop of powder in there. And then I went to mix it in and was like, oh, my God, this is, like, gelatin. Like, this isn't going to mix in with. Like, what do I do? <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> yeah, it was real nice and gross, but I think it was meant to, like, you turn it over, and it was, like, gelatin fish goo with, like, different layers of fish in okay. there. don't love that. Yeah, it was real gross, Ooh. but, like, also real, like, fancy 70s. You know how they had those, <laughs> like, fancy, like, 70s gelatin, like, layered things? I'm only thinking fondue, which now I'm only thinking of cat food fondue, which now I'm just horrified by everything. Yeah, no, it was gross. I would say I don't recommend it, but the cats loved it. So, like, kind of, oh. kind of recommend it. <laughs> all right, all right. Half, all right. Half recommendation, half grossed out. <laughs> all right, fair, fair. Oh, I should also take a picture of Murphy. We have, like, so many pillows on our bed right now we have like extra pillows and she's like against the pillows at the end of our bed but it's just like curled up in the cutest little fashion Murphy. neither of my cats curl anymore i think it's what do you mean they don't curl anymore (laughs) (laughs) they're off the curling team they're off the curling team no i think it's too hot so they both just like sprawl oh that's fair they melt yeah they melt the pancake. Yeah. Chuni's actually taken to, like, sleeping in the, like, crux of my uh, futon, the, like, bend in my <laughs> futon, and he'll just, like, full pancake out on his back, <laughs> like, totally sprawled out, just, like, in the little the little corner. little crevice. In the little crevice. Aww. Yeah, oh, God. Um, he's, he's a back sleeper. 
Oh, uh, yes. Yes, he does seem like it. Shadow did that the other day. Shadow doesn't usually do that. Shadow usually has like more of a, he'll get kind of long sometimes, but he doesn't usually sleep on his back. But the other day he was, he like stretched out next to me on the couch. So he did that thing where he was like against the side of the couch and just like flopped down next to me and then like sprawled all the way out. It was so cute. No, no guys. All the little guys. The little guys. Little summer guys and gals and they kitties. Junie. He likes my window perch these days. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He's been pretty good about being inside. I was expecting him to, like, not last very long since it's nice out. Oh, yeah. But I think it's too hot for him to act up, so he's really just been sleeping. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind oh. of nice. <laughs> hey, that's kind of a good trade-off. Yeah. He's too hot and uncomfortable to be obnoxious. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> uh, yeah. Although, granted, it's not because I want to go outside, so. Yeah, I also never want to go outside. Also, a fun tip for anyone looking for fun summer clothes. I just realized, I don't know why I've never done this before, but the pajama section in Target is like killing it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I found the cutest dress. And I think it's supposed to be a nightgown, but, like, <laughs> nah, it's a cute dress. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. There was even a lady in the store that stopped me halfway through my shopping and was like, oh, my God, that dress you picked out has such a cute pattern. And I was like, pajama section. Go get one. <laughs> you won't find it anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, if you think you missed it, it's because you're not looking in the pajama section. You're not being creative with your sleepwear like I am. <laughs> I have definitely done stuff like that with, like, I feel like especially, like, beach cover-ups, too. I mean, I'll wear that shit any any given time. <laughs> There's actually one right now. I really need to just go buy it. Every time I go to my 99-cent store, which I love so much, mm-hmm. um, they have this really cute little, like, beach cover-up shawl type thing that is oh, i mean uh-huh. the only legitimately the only thing stopping me is that it is at the 99 cent store for 2.99 <laughs> which obviously is not for a piece of clothing is not a problem no but for the 99 cent store i'm like oh well i mean everything else i have is 99 cents yeah. and like 2.99 just seems outrageous <laughs> right it's all about the mindset <laughs> yeah yeah exactly right because if i found that at like the Target one doll, you know, like clearance section, I would be overjoyed like, and thrilled. Oh, I'd probably yeah, own it by now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'd wear it all the time. I'd probably be wearing it right now. I'm gonna go buy that after I we record. Yeah. <laughs> I think I just needed to say it out loud and realize what my my block was, and now I'm gonna go buy that. Yeah, for sure. Go buy Adorable that. Adorable three dollar cover up. Ugh. Um. Oh my God, Julia. So much happened in these chapters. <laughs> I know as I was reading I was like I should really like a be paying better attention to this but also b maybe taking notes which I did not do (laughs) no I did not either but I wanted like a full like timeline you know like an actual historical you know like in like a history book in high school like the timeline of like the crusades or like you know whatever else you had timelines of for some reason the crusades are the only thing historically I can think of right now Um, uh Um, (laughs) you know as you do but I wanted like a full like either like a Venn diagram or a timeline or like I wanted something like high school high school homework official for 
what we just consumed because it was a lot and it was a lot of very ridiculous things you know what speaking of high school a lot of these things would make excellent venn diagrams i don't think i know what a venn diagram is aren't those the ones you it was like literally just like a shoebox that you would like make into a scene of like the telltale heart awakening oh yeah that's what i meant (laughs) I'm so dumb. I think a Venn diagram is those comparison circles. I think you're right. I had already said it, and I think my brain was just locked yeah, onto it. Fair. Yeah, we. I. You know what I really want? I really want a diorama of Quillerin in that fucking party in that first chapter that we read with Coco on his shoulder and him just like Red, walking around. Yes. And everyone being like <laughs> Coco on his shoulder. Uh, that was such a glorious best moment. way to carry a cat around actually it's the worst way to carry a cat around so i taught ari to ride around on my shoulder as a kitten yeah you yeah, did a huge <laughs> mistake i mean it's like a fun party trick but she like scratches the shit out of my chest every time she does that yeah and she expects other people to be on board with that yeah too. it's not like she... it's not as cute when it's a full-grown cat with full-grown else <laughs> no and like outdoor cat tendencies like she's not inhibited like my cats are (laughs) no she's like a fully wild beast that expects you to (laughs) let her sit on your shoulder she definitely like also expects you to be like a stepping stone for her like I definitely have seen her eyeing my shoulder when she's like on a counter or like on the fridge like if she like jumps up somewhere high I I see her eyeing me like I need to get down I taught her how to do that (laughs) I know. <laughs> Every time she would get on somewhere high, I'd be like, Ari, come here and pat my shoulder. And she would jump onto it. Again, much cuter when she was smaller. <laughs> it's a fun kitten trick. It's not as fun a giant cat trick. <laughs> it's not even that big. She's a pretty small no, cat. She's not. <laughs> she's so small. She really is. She has vicious oh claws. Yeah, she, yeah, does. she doesn't know her own strength. <laughs> no, she does not. <laughs> Oh, well, oh my goodness. Welcome to Paranormal Captivity. We are still reading The Cat Who Ate Danish Modern, which, spoiler spoiler alert, we do get a cat eating Danish something today. That's so true. So we'll bring that to but you. But the yeah. reason why we started this book is because we wanted Yum Yum's origin story. Spoiler alert, we do not have Yum Yum in this book. <laughs> oh, gosh, Yum Yum, we saw, we like maybe saw Yum Yum once. Yeah. And we got a lot of theatrics this chapter, a lot of especially cat theatrics that were very tumultuous and also scary, Coco related. But we have not seen Yum Yum again no, yet. Yum Yum. We like vaguely got a mention of her, but like, yeah, maybe. We don't even know. We don't even know if it's her. I know. We don't even know. If, I mean, it has to be. The internet told me this was her origin <laughs> story. <laughs> That means nothing. It could have been The lies. internet has never let me down. The internet was full of lies. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah. So, this is The Cat Who Ate Danish Modern. Um, we read chapters uh, 11 up until chapter 17 today. So, uh, yeah. Should we just dive right into it? I know I already gave an entire diorama slash Venn diagram of a scene. <laughs> yeah i like don't even know where to begin uh well it definitely starts with 
Quiller and having a little a little datey date with oh, Koki. Yeah, Koki. Who definitely starts to play a bigger part in yeah. this. She and um, Quilleran got much closer than I was expecting. That was like a very quick yeah. relationship to form and also a little bit more I mean, I'm gonna say physical, but it's not like I mean, this is still William Jackson Brown, like we don't get anything exciting physical, but they're like they touch so that's more than he's ever had with Polly it is true yeah it is true and it it seems to be very much more like he doesn't quite seem to mind what other people say about it quite as much like he still does a little bit yeah. but maybe it's because he's younger here oh maybe like maybe but I mean he's like still I would still say he's in his like early 40s here and she's much younger it sounds like but that's in true. the later books where he and Polly are so concerned about their appearance in public together, like, I don't know, they might be, like, in their 60s, would you say? Like, 50s? Late 50s? Yeah, I would say probably around that, that range. Yeah. The only other thing I can think is that maybe the later books that we've read, he obviously has a lot of money and she's really well established as, you know, in her position at the library. That's true. It's a much so smaller town, like... a much smaller community. Yeah. Probably they more. have a lot more of like reputation wise to protect yeah, i guess a little bit more gossipy too true yeah they're in a more gossipy environment for sure yeah. yeah um but yeah so they go on a date and not much really happens on the date just like koki's kind of like she's kind of brash like she'll kind of say things and quiller and doesn't quite know how to react to them and then they go to a party a party they go to another david like party david like soiree Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this is like a, a a fancy designer party that they they both seem to be a little bit like Willard doesn't seem like too off put by designers, but he does have like some opinions about them. Koki seems very off put by designers. She has obviously had some experiences in the past that were negative. So she walked into that party ready to be like, I hate this. <laughs> yeah. And she, like, Quilleran, even in his, you know, little inner monologue is saying, like, you know, he even notices as they're going into the Villa Veranda um, apartment building that she, you know, as much as she's been kind of, like, outspoken throughout the night, she gets really quiet and she starts to get, like, seemingly kind of nervous. And he even says, too, because she makes a little quip about designers, interior designers, and uh, Quilleran is like, what's with this, like, hatred of interior designers? Did you get jilted by a designer? Like, he's kind of, like, joking. And we'll just put a pin in that for a little bit later in this conversation. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Which is funny because she doesn't, doesn't she work for a designer? Isn't she working for, what's her name, with the, the ladies' house? Which we'll also talk about a little bit later. <laughs> well, God, I know. I feel like this chat, this like section of chapters, turned everything on its head. Like everything that we've already been talking about. It's like, oh, here's I some other news kidding. for all of these things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, glossed over that, but it came and became important very quickly. Yeah, so she does work for Mrs. Mitty. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what happens at this party besides Quillerin carrying Coco around on his shoulder for everyone to, uh, oh. <laughs> stare oh at God. and admire? That's, like, really all I remember from it. <laughs> oh, but you know what? He does meet Natalie Noyden. Oh, yeah. Um, which is Who important. Is apparently a very um, fancy lady. 
Yeah, she's very fancy, but we also get the impression that she's a little bit out of place in this group. Yeah, and she doesn't seem to have... So she seems to be... I couldn't quite, like, I didn't really understand where she was because she seemed to be, like, quite popular. But then when David, like, pulled Quillerin aside, because she, like... I don't know if she designs, but she definitely has, like, her tapestries or her weavings or something. Like, she's some sort of artist. And everyone was like, ooh, ah, like, look at all her things. And then David, like, pulled Quillerin aside and was like, these are terrible. We all hate them. Like, don't focus on them when you, like, look at her house. But other than that, like, great. Focus on, you know, like, her house and my design there. And then, like, in public and, like, while they were all talking, everyone's, like, I don't know very like complimentary yeah it's a very weird dynamic for sure like it's hard to know if David like is just like single-handedly being kind of like a mean dude um like a kind of gossipy Mm -hmm. or like on his own or if he is like kind of a ringleader and like the group the whole you know his whole group of friends maybe is a part of that yeah it was kind of hard to tell but it was kind of I felt like you know, I've definitely been in that position before where it felt like everyone was like on my side and then realized that people were like talking shit about me about some specific thing. So I was like kind of cringing during that whole thing. So I was like, that's not very it's nice. It's not very like... nice, especially since it's like a craft that she does. You know? Yeah. And it's also related to like Natalie later tells Quillerin that she's like so excited because she's been working with a loom and she's been doing weaving and she's like really been working on this and she's like oh I'm so excited because David like has apparently told her that he's gonna get her all these commissions that you know he can he'll put in yeah with she's like designs. banking on his support to like start a like a business and to like promote her yeah. livelihood and behind her back he's like but these are terrible I hate them yeah, and then goes out of his way exactly to tell Queller and like you know actually when you write this because they're um that that's the next like place that Queller and has scheduled to go uh, photograph is Natalie's Natalie and Harold's Harold Noyton's uh, former house together now a house that they're trying to sell, but David like specifically takes Queller and aside and is like hey when you photograph this house like don't mention her weavings like it's not a professional thing and he's like but she wants to make it a full profession and said that you were gonna help her i'm confused yes i am also a little bit confused yes oh and then so we'll put a pin in that too because there's a little extra little bit to that story a little bit later um but i think the next thing uh, yeah, I'm not sure there's a ton more at the party. Quillerin dances with Natalie a bunch. And then uh, Kogi gets all uncomfortable and is like, Quillerin, I don't want to be here anymore. Um, take me to meet your cat. Yeah, so while Coco has already sort of met her and everyone else at the party, and he was like very uh, sweet on Natalie, apparently. So... Oh yeah. yeah. She... Oh right, because it was Natalie that did Natalie have him bring Coco over? No, I I think that was like all Quillerin. I think he was like, was look at all these fancy <laughs> things. I'm gonna bring my fancy cat. I like everyone looking at my cat. And oh my Coco, god, like behaved surprisingly well. Like I don't think any of my cats would put up with that many new people in a new space. But absolutely, Coco not. did well, and apparently. Uh, was extra friendly 
to uh what's her name natalie oh my god did i just like forget <laughs> who we were, who we were talking, talking about, about. <laughs> yeah natalie. um yeah, so she came over and was like, oh, I want to hold him. He looks so beautiful. And Coloran's like, I don't know. He's like, I don't know, like, you're a stranger. And Coco just jumped right into her arms and was like all purring and lovey-dovey and doing great. So yeah. I think that was part of the the tipping point. Koki got a little jealous and was like, no, take me to your apartment so I can, oh, I can hang out right. with you and your cat alone. Mm-hmm. and spoiler alert coco did not enjoy that no coco pretty quickly is like showing signs that he does not like koki yeah um he ate her picture of her cat <laughs> <laughs> well no it was a different picture she pulls out she starts telling Quillerin about like you know how much she loves cats and this old cat that she or former cat i should say uh, that she had had a while ago who is now sadly deceased but she's like pulling out a picture of this cat and so is telling him about this cat but she also because apparently she carries a number of other pictures with her and so she pulls out a couple others to like rifle through to find the cat mm. and she's like holding this other one as she's showing Quiller in the picture of the cat and it's that other one that Coco's ah, licking gotcha. Because that also does come up later. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, well, he also bit her. (laughs) Yeah, more importantly, he bit her. Because for some reason, she's, like, doing a snow angel in the rug. (laughs) Yeah, she's quite a character. Yeah, so she's, like, laying splayed out on the rug. Not for any sexual reason, just because she's, like, feeling the rug. Yeah, she's like, ooh, this plush carpet. Which I can't judge. I mean, I've done shit like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure I would do shit like that in like that particular situation but like i get it too like i've definitely been like ooh, feel this whatever i want to lay on <laughs> right yeah yeah true probably more like a friend's place as opposed to a suitor's a suitor place. that she's gone on what two dates with yeah and like already i mean they're basically like they haven't even like that we know of had like a real conversation of like so what are we but they really are basically going steady yeah. here Maybe that's why she feels comfortable enough. <laughs> yeah, maybe it just moves faster in the whatever decade this is. But yeah, basically, it was kind of a funny scene because you get the picture, the image of her like on the ground. Oh, excuse me. I'm drinking very bubbly water. Mm-hmm. I'm also um, drinking bubbly water. <gasps> are you drinking the actual bubbly brand? Yes. Me too. Oh, what flavor? I just got some peach. Oh, mine's grapefruit. Oh, I have the grapefruit too. I really like the yeah, grapefruit. Yeah, I like grapefruit. Sorry, Lacroix. Nah, it's more expensive. <laughs> Lacroix. Yeah. It depends. Mine fluctuate mm-hmm. depending on which one's on sale. Oh. But usually, one or the other is on sale for like a little bit cheaper. Yeah, bubbly for me is pretty like consistently cheaper. Like I think it's priced cheaper even pre-sale. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bubbly yeah, yeah. water for life. Bubbly. <laughs> anyway, not sponsored. Oh, God. <laughs> not sponsored, but really sponsors. If you want to send us bubbly water, yeah, I'd be I very happy for about sure that. Like a sponsorship from bubbly water because <laughs> I will I will promote it without being, bubbly water, without being paid to be <laughs> Drew, Drew. Um, oh, I got distracted by bubbly water. Yeah. Um, I think we were talking about 
the uh vision of um Coke, oh, yeah. doing her snow angel pose in the plush carpet and Coco stalking her yes. from afar and just like Ugh. biting her head <laughs> I think Face? biting her head I mean I guess it's kind of I kind of liken it to I mean uh shadow is kind of a dick and has definitely done similar things to me before like he'll run along the back of our couch like the high part Mm -hmm. of the back of our couch and he'll just like swat at my hair or like bite my hair every now and then. yeah for sure chuni is kind of a monster also he's definitely like come up to me (laughs) laying in bed and just like ow why are you biting like the top of my head (laughs) right why 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 for sure so i get it too it's probably the hair thing Although I did also, it was kind of funny that Quillerin like saw this happening and did not do anything to stop it. I don't know if he noticed, but I mean, I don't know why he wouldn't. Maybe because a sexy lady is splayed out on his carpet. That's true. He might have been a bit distracted. He's been a bit distracted by Koki the whole time because there have been signs of things. And there have been. He seems to be ignoring them. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> Hint, hint, clue, clue. Yes, yes. Yum, yum. <laughs> oh, yum, yum. Yum, yum, where are you? <laughs> you Freya. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Which is maybe her name right now. We don't know. I did like a little bit later, This I don't think this like gives anything away too terribly, but uh, a little bit later towards the end of the segment, Quillerin is like, tossing and turning he can't sleep he has so many questions and like he's like oh there's so many contradictions and then it like gets to the very he's like going through every like single question he has about all of the mysterious things that are you know forming around him and he gets to the very end and then one of the last things is and is that damn cat's name you or freya (laughs) we don't know we don't know (laughs) i was like yeah that is the question right now bring back yum yum we want yum yum (laughs) um oh man i i truly am getting so distracted by like the other things that i know are about to happen that we're gonna be talking about but i know there are like other things that are gonna get us there before a drunken man on balconies (laughs) (laughs) yes we will get to that much later we have a lot to talk about in between so what happens next after cookie cookie (laughs) cookie (laughs) cookie We don't actually know. I shouldn't say that with such disdain. <laughs> yeah, what is next? So, Koki does not stay the night. There's nothing scandalous in their no, she realm. leaves quite quickly after Coco bites her. Yeah, she's very, she's pretty upset um, because she also is, you know, a cat lover. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, why did your cat bite me? Yeah, she's also very jealous of Natalie and the fact that Coco loves Natalie. I yeah. think it's more than the fact that Coco loves Natalie but yeah she seemed very jealous of that yeah for sure was the house next I think the house was next yeah because at the the party um when they're talking when Quillen's talking to Natalie and um he had already previously talked to Harold about it going to photograph their house but he specifically gets to ask Natalie and Natalie's like oh yeah sure totally come on by so they make an appointment to do that on Monday. This is like the weekend. Mm-hmm. And then we do get another Quiller and has like a moment where he is thinking back over the words that Coco has brought up in his uh, in their dictionary game that they play together. Mm-hmm. 
and they've all been like very specific and he's like starting to get well not all like some of them have been specific to like mysterious things and happenings and uh Quillerin is like trying to goad him into giving him more clues and so he like tries to play more dictionary with him and Coco plays but I mean nothing comes up it's all words that Quillerin knows but don't have any connection to each other so I think right after the party the next thing we get is yeah Odd Bunsen uh, driving with Quillerin up to Natalie Noyden's house does that come first or does the revelation come first about the their last house that they did oh that's a good point. I don't know which one came first. I think the revelation might have come first because it was like a series of like, oh god, this magazine's gonna fall apart because we don't have like. That's true. Like all this and is like, all kind of... like just going downhill. That's true. Do you want to reveal what is revealed? Yeah. So we uh, saw last time that they had gone to a working girl's house, a professional lady's house to look at Mrs. Sorry, there's a motorcycle going by. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I just assumed you forgot her name. <laughs> um, I did forget her name, but there was also a motorcycle <laughs> going by. Clever um, cover, Mrs. <laughs> Middies. Yeah, you got uh, it. Design technique for this professional ladies' home. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So Quillerin gets a call. So they published that, um, and then right afterwards, Quillerin gets a call and is like, um, "So actually, did you realize that this is a brothel?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like the police just stormed the place. Uh, it turns out this is not for professional ladies. <laughs> well, it's for well, ladies of are... a certain profession, but yes. not a legal one. They are in the sex work profession. Yes. Which, I don't know. I, this whole part was kind of annoying to me because I feel like I feel like Lillian Jackson Braun just threw that in as another like, oh, look how the magazine's tanking, but didn't put any real thought into like that aspect of it because it was like, well then why were why were every single person why was every single person in that house gone that day when they were filming or uh, shooting they were working they were out working i mean if they had if it was a bravo wouldn't they potentially be having sex in the house too i mean if it's a brothel they probably when they brought someone in to photograph it the working girls probably did not want their profiles out there for the world to see that's true i'm just i guess it was just like as soon as that came out i was like all right well i have a million more questions that i know you're not going to answer i don't don't think the i don't think there's anything any more information about the brothel i think it was just like another like tacked on issue that the magazine had to deal with because their first story obviously had big controversy controversy surrounding the uh, jade theft and now they're like publishing something that is of uh, questionable questionable moral mor- character morals. to them yeah. yeah also questionable legality <laughs> well yeah because that was the other part that I was 
questioning as well because when you know remember remembering back to when the woman who runs the house came running or uh, told mrs mitty and then mrs mitty came running out and was like all right you can't print names you can't print the address mm-hmm. you can't you have to be kind of which that makes more sense now but also like if you're running a, a business like that that is so you know illegal why would you agree to something that puts you in the press kind of like this, you know, like that seemed unnecessarily risky. Great question. I have no idea. And when, so Quillerin called Koki about it and was like, did you know? Because she's the one, she's the one who had suggested or like, she's the one who like connected him to it. And she was like, oh that's hilarious I love it but no I had no idea Mrs. Mitty had no idea like she's clueless don't worry about it like it's you know it is what it is kind of deal and Quillerin's like "Mm, no that's very suspicious and I don't believe at all well she also goads Quillerin into not because Quillerin calls her before his whole thought process initially was that he was going to call Mrs. Mitty directly and be like hey you made the newspaper look really bad because you know a setting aside any thoughts about brothels and sex workers it also like we didn't have all the information mm-hmm. so it makes us look bad and she before he does that he calls Koki and is like well I'm about to give Mrs. Mitty a piece of my mind and she after she like laughs about the whole thing a ton and Quillerin's like well I don't think this is funny I'm calling Mrs. Mitty Koki's like oh my god no don't like she instantly sobers up and is like don't call her and Quillerin's like why wouldn't I call her and she was like well you know her like she's just very um like she's so what I forget the exact words she uses but she basically is like basically like oh she's you know so flighty and oblivious like it would break her heart to know that she had designed something for you know a place with such a type of type of um, deal I think she even says like do you want to kill her like Mm -hmm. that would just kill her it was like well I mean people actually are dead and so do you really want or at least at this point one person is dead it's like you're using a little bit of you're going a little stretching here I don't think yeah knowing that would kill her right also like regardless of their profession like those ladies deserve a nice place to live too well yeah that's the whole upshot of this entirely like I hated when she was or whoever it was it was either Odd Bunsen or Koki was like laughing about the design that they was like oh and to think like we used all of this like you know good old down home American like you know design or whatever it was that they were saying like these really pretty designs and it's like well I mean who who deserves nice designs more than people who are like potentially in these you know beds and rooms more than other people maybe also doing the work that uh no one else wants to do (laughs) i know yeah exactly it's like gosh leave these leave these women alone yeah Yeah, so that whole that whole bit was like yeah it was kind of annoying but it also was right it was another like the whole point of it definitely was to put another another nail in the coffin if we will of um I, I keep forgetting the actual gracious abodes precious i keep trying abodes. to be like precious abodes the precious abodes oh they're so precious <laughs> but yeah that's right because that makes the next because they really are on a tight timetable here yeah, like, like one, one a week 
yeah, they're putting out one a week and they have to go, they have to set up. They did no like prep work either. So they're doing this like, yeah, it's like live every week. Day of go in, photograph, Quillaren writes the story while Odd uh, develops the photos. Like it seems like a lot of work, especially back yeah. in the day when things worked slower. Well, yeah, that's the whole thing is that like if it were all digital, it's it's a tight timeline even if it was digital mm-hmm. but you're right because they're still typesetting like they have to they have a wednesday deadline for i think it comes out on saturday nights for sunday maybe mm, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i think that's what they said because i think i think you're right because i think you're right initially about over the weekend they go to the party and then quilleran wakes up to a phone call because the paper has just come out on the sunday morning no and so, but that means, I mean, if it were digital, you'd obviously have a little bit more time to, you know, fluctuate a little bit between things. But yeah, they like can't submit things later than Wednesday, they say. Mm. So that only gives them three days to set up an entirely new place, schedule a place, photograph, write the story, develop the photos, do everything for it. Yeah. Before. I mean, to be fair, if they thought well enough in advance they would have scheduled like all of the places well that's what i'm saying yeah they should have had a whole calendar (laughs) land out like planned out before they even yeah but quilleran doesn't seem to be doing that he seems to be but also to be fair places keep canceling on him like the next place he goes to that's true he really does like this whole book is basically just a series of unfortunate gracious abodes because Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like one after another everything just right because they so they drive all the way out that monday morning at right after they've had this whole kerfuffle with um with the 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 professional house um so they're like okay well at least we have a place for this week and at least like you know everything should be good with that and it's a really good place and you know really high standing family in the community or whatever and so they drive really far out of the like city limits to get to this place and odds of course complaining the entire time and they finally get there and they knock on the door and a housekeeper answers and is like, nope, you can't come in. And they're like, wait, what? Isn't Natalie there? And she's like, yes, Natalie is here, but Natalie's not taking any visitors. Very unfortunate for them. And very suspicious. I mean, granted, the whole time Odd was like, are you sure these people weren't just drunk and agreeing to like anything that you wanted them to do? And Colin was like, no, no, not at all. And then, yeah, they get there and it, like, kind of proves Odd right a little bit of, like, maybe not. I mean, Quilleran claims that Natalie wasn't drinking, but it definitely looks a lot like, you know, she either forgot or she just changed her mind or, you know, whatever. I think the housekeeper does say she just changed her mind. And Quilleran's like, what? Why would you do that and not tell me? Mm -hmm. So they have a little bit of an emergency there where they're like, well, what the fuck are we going to do now? Yeah. Um, which then Quilleran immediately calls David Like kind of mad because David Like was kind of the one who helped set that up because he introduced him to Dave, or Harold Noyton in the beginning, and uh, so and says like you know this house you should do that one blah blah blah. So he calls David Like and he's in all of a huff and he's like Natalie wouldn't let me in and David Like really shrugs it off and is just like yeah you know Natalie's a kook I think he is what he says yeah. And just like her to change her mind like that 
Just like a woman to change her mind. Ugh. Yeah. Quilleran's still suspicious, though. He's like, something's wrong with Natalie. Yeah, it really does seem like not, it almost was. Yeah, but n- I don't think he was like, she was a terrible person for doing this to me. He was, I think it, he was like a little bit concerned about her. Like, why didn't she come to the door at least? Like, was she yeah. even there? Is she like sick? Or like, you know, what's what's happening? Is she dead on a carpet somewhere? Is she dead somewhere? on a carpet? You know? No, I think you're right. I think it does feel... Because it, it seemed like the housekeeper didn't even open the door the whole way. So it seemed almost like, you know, is there someone pointing a gun at you behind that door? Like, right. Like, Quiller's yeah. instincts kind of kick in. Yeah, for sure. But then he immediately forgets that. Not really forgets it, but, like, he has to move on because he's like, oh, God, I have to, like, find a whole other place. We lost a whole day. So David, like decides on the spur of the moment is just to appease Quiller and is like, well, just come over and photograph my place. Like you can just do use my place and then just talk about the Villa Veranda in general. Oh, I don't know like, why oh, Quiller okay. doesn't photograph his own place that he's staying in. Everyone seems to love that decor. I know. Well, yeah, that's true. Cause that one from the beginning, Quiller was so impressed with. You're really right. I didn't even think of yeah. that. I wonder mm-hmm. if it was because Harold Noyton was out of the country and maybe the time difference. I'm probably giving way too much credit to the thought process behind that. Cause I think really it just was because of what happens to David like a little later. Yeah. But you're right. That's a really good point that I hadn't thought of. Yeah. Anyway, hmm. <laughs> they don't think of it. So they go over and uh, <laughs> photograph David likes apartment, but he he was like, Give me, like, a little bit, because I have to, like, hide some of my valuables, because I'm not supposed to have them. And Quiller is like, yeah. mm, suspicious, but I'm not going to question you, so, like, we'll be over there shortly. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm not, I'm on a deadline, so I'm not going to touch yeah, that. Like, yeah, he's going to leave like... that here and then move forward. <laughs> <laughs> he says, like, a bunch of normal things where he's like, oh, I'm going to get some flowers, I'm going to clean up a little bit, and I'm also going to hide some shit I shouldn't have. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, well, I'm going to hide my contraband. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. sure, David Blake. We'll be over there after you finish <laughs> with that. Um, the other important part about this day in particular is that um, while they're waiting, so David Blake says uh, to Quilleran, come over. At, I think they say like 2 p.m. or Quilleran says we'll be there. Whatever it is, they decide on 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. It's still Monday morning. Um Odd and Quillerin drive all the way back into town and they go to the press club and I think Odd starts drinking at lunch. Is that correct? <laughs> I mean, he's definitely drunk for like a good portion of this chapter, so maybe. Yeah. <laughs> he either starts drinking now or David, like, I think as they, so they do end up going to the, they spend like a bunch of time at the press club having lunch, but then they also go um, they do keep their appointment with David Lake mm-hmm. and they photograph everything. And I think David Lake gives them, like, gives Odd some scotch there and Quiller and some, you know, uh, ginger ale or something. And so, and tomato juice. I, yeah. So, well, no, he switches to the tomato juice because they go back to the press club oh, for dinner. Right. Okay. <laughs> Where Odd then switches to double martinis. Oh. <laughs> Good for you, Odd. Oh my god, this is where I wanted a timeline because I was like, I want a timeline like, of what, all of what Odd's drinks. <laughs> yeah. Although, you know, to be honest, the other day um, it was just so nice outside and I have an hour lunch break and sometimes I just like 
like I work in like a complex with a lot of restaurants and so sometimes I'll just like pop across the park and like grab a like little to-go pizza and like eat outside and the other day I was like you know is it that bad if I like grab a beer too (laughs) like I have an hour is it that like you know isn't that the time that you can have laps and like be good to drive like can it be like you can have an hour and like be good to work I think so. Yeah, I think that's fine, too. Maybe not, like, odds amount of alcohol. Well, yeah, that was the only reason I was pinpointing it is because he gets mammered the rest of the day. And so I was trying to track where he started. (laughs) (laughs) And it would also be funny, too, because if he did start at lunch, their their quote-unquote lunch, Mm -hmm. like, they go to David Likes' apartment at 2 p.m. They start at natalie noyton's place i would assume at like eight or so and get turned away pretty fast so i think they're at lunch for like four hours or so but i think they could have been there as early as like 10 a.m so on a monday Monday he could have started what a life just like right a bunch of free hours to be like well i'm gonna work late tonight so i guess i'll just take the midday off (laughs) (laughs) so for a little bit of boozing at the press club um yeah I don't think anything too so yeah they do end up going to David Likes apartment I don't think anything too notable happens except that they do Quillerin does bring Coco over to David Likes yet again this time not obviously during a party but um I think oh I think it was David Like actually that was there and he said like I I think it sounded a little bit funny, like he might have been goading him, but he was like, you know what would look great here? A Siamese cat. (laughs) And Odd's like, what are you talking about? And like, thank God, someone wants my cat in a picture. (laughs) Gwen's like, oh, I was waiting for you to ask. And he immediately sprints down the hall and brings Coco over again. (laughs) He's like, look at my beautiful cat. (laughs) My prized possession. Because I'm poor right now and don't have anything impressive except for this expensive Siamese cat. I mean, John and I have said that numerous times about Murphy. Like, she's so beautiful. We're like, you are the most, you are the prettiest thing we own. (laughs) And we don't own you. You just choose to be here. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, she's like a little bit captive, but. She is a little bit captive. But I like to think they're smart enough that if they were going to leave, they were going to, they're going to do it. Yeah. They know how to. They could do it. Um. Yeah, so they finish up their photographing. David, like, has a, su- successfully removed all of his contraband of whatever nature it is. We're led to believe it's art that is he's taking off the walls that he's kind of filling in the gaps with, like, flowers and shit. Yeah, I think it's, like, a bunch of different things. Like, I think it's probably artwork, but then I think there were maybe some, like, ceramics and, like, there's, like, a room divider panel. Oh, right, because there's a police officer that has a lot to say about that later. Yeah. Yeah, so there's, like, a number of different things. That's all, like, decorate, decorative stuff. Right, yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. It's not, yeah, like, it's kinda... Ill- illegal, illegal. <laughs> I mean, like, well, it ends up being illegal, but not, like, you know, he doesn't have, like, packs of cocaine in his closet or anything. Right. The item itself is not illegal. The manner of, we're led to believe the manner of procuring that could be the illegal part. Yeah. Yeah, which is interesting. So we don't we kind of get that little hinty hint, little clue there, but we don't really see that until a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so then 
they go right they invite david like to go to the press club with them odd basically i think just wasn't trying not to go home he was like anyone want to go to the press club with me i want to go with my kids yeah yeah and of course quillerin agrees david like uh declines and says that he would love to someday he's heard all about the press club but um he has a date tonight so he cannot go but he doesn't say with who he doesn't give us any more information and then so odd and quillerin go off to the press club by themselves and uh yeah proceed to really booze it up not quillerin quillerin switches to tomato juice Mm -hmm. but odds does switch to double martinis and then something else at the very end he's had because quillerin later tallies up all that he's had and he's like oh god he had the scotch he had two double martinis and then two other things that two other drinks that i forget exactly what they are that they had like he was either back at quillerin's place or also oh no he switched to um because it was like apple pie they had like a whole full course meal apparently had steak and i was drinking his double martinis and then the apple pie comes they have dessert and quillerin switches to like you know coffee or something and odd switches to like brandy or something like Mm desserty so he has had two of those so he's had quite a few drinks at this point and so quillerin will not let him drive home very smartly good friend yeah Yes. Oh, but uh, one thing that Quillerin did do that I fully disapprove of. <laughs> oh, is while they were at dinner, Quillerin um tied Coco up outside. Oh my god, I forgot about that because that was so outrageous. I was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah, he. So I think this was at lunch. He was like, "Oh, I'm gonna stop and get like a leash and a harness so I can tie Coco up outside." And Odd is like, yeah. oh, I have like um like a long cord that you can use. Just get a harness. So like at some point during the day, Quillerin went back and like put Coco on a harness and like put him on the balcony and tied him up and was like, oh, yeah. just enjoy your time out in the sun. Like what? while I leave the vicinity, <laughs> like while I go back to work, like what? Are yeah, you doing? while I leave. Oh my god, I forgot. I truly forgot all about that. That was just too much because then of course so when they come back um i was like oh my god if that fucking cat is gone from the balcony i'm oh, i'm mad at you quill and you're in the doghouse yeah and like, what happens what when they happens? come waltzing back in yeah because like you can't put a cat in a harness and then leave it like of course they're gonna wiggle out of it harnesses can't hold cats no of course not cats are liquid they will (laughs) slither out of anything (laughs) yeah especially if you're not there to watch them yeah right especially if they know that they have full range to do like whatever they're gonna try to get out of it yeah so they come back and surprise (sighs) surprise coco has wiggled out of his harness and is no longer on the like 13th floor balcony yeah they're so high too it's like god damn it Quillerin yeah so and mad like throughout the entire section of this book people have been complaining about the like high winds yeah like, all, so <laughs> that was like my first reaction I think Odd uh mentions it too he's like oh maybe the cat got blown off the the railing and Quillerin's like absolutely not that would never happen to a cat and I'm like um but actually <laughs> <laughs> but if you left him tied up outside on a weird windy balcony so they do so odd is like should i use the word oddly Uh, Uh 
um also very drunkenly he's like immediately involved in like throwing out all these different answers and like trying to figure out i mean not like super intellectually trying to figure it out but he's very he's like quillerin's emotionally trying to figure it out and it's like oh my god coco i can't believe it i'm so worried i'm gonna call the manager the like building manager and odd is just like yeah odd is drunkenly like well someone stole your cat or oh did he fall or like oh like all these casual like really crazy things and then finally they like they're looking all around and they realize all the balconies are like decently close to each other not super close oh they're like five feet apart which yeah they're pretty far but there is like a set of balconies in like a like that go along the 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 length of the building it's an apartment complex like they're probably window spaced apart right i mean right it'll go true yeah yeah if you've ever lived in an apartment with a balcony you probably know (laughs) yeah right so they they kind of look you know are doing starting to do some of that math of like looking around and they see him across numerous balconies like on the other side of the building inside david likes apartment on the other side of the building they see the window the windows like lit up and they can see into his apartment and they see him loafing on the tv yeah yeah i kind of pictured this as like Maybe the apartment is kind of, like, U-shaped, and there's, like, a courtyard in the middle. Yeah, that's exactly what I was picturing. Yeah, yeah. and so they're looking, like, you know, Coco had obviously jumped from balcony to balcony, like, over, like, through the U to the other side of the courtyard. Yeah. And into David's window. So they, yeah. they did the sensible thing first. They called David Likes Apartment, and he didn't pick up. Um, and so I... I can't remember who was more, like, I think Odd was at first, like, well, just leave him there until tomorrow. And Quillerin was like, absolutely not. I'm getting my cat back. Yeah, that was better than what I thought, which I thought it was flipped. I thought Quillerin was the one that was saying, like, oh, I'll just leave him there until tomorrow. And I was like, no, that's out of character. I don't believe that you said that. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think as soon as Quillerin was like, absolutely not. I'm getting my cat back. um, That's when Odd was like, yeah, sure, I'll get your cat back. (laughs) Yeah. So Odd fucking drunkenly gets on top of the skinny ass railing that Coco walked over to or like jumped over to David Likes apartment and proceeds to do the same thing himself. Yeah. Um, Outrageous. Yeah. And this is so <laughs> I have to admit as this was happening I was like and is this where Odd Bunsen dies? Like do we have <laughs> Odd Bunsen in other books? Like is he a character that continues on <laughs> through these stories? Yeah. I couldn't remember either. Yeah, <laughs> because I was so sure that he would be like, because he's like yelling all the way across, like, woohoo, <laughs> like, oh, look at me go. And I was just waiting for it to be like, and a, like, a woohoo. Oh, <laughs> oh Quillerin was too. There was even a moment where Quillerin's like, like thinking about his wife and how many kids he has and is like really waxing poetic about Odd Bunsen's life before he's even died. As Odd is like, right woohooing every time he jumps and apparently it's this great visual of like people are coming out because they hear this like drunken (laughs) middle-aged man like flying through their courtyard and so people are looking out but they're not seeing him in time it's almost like he's just like hopping so fast that like by the time they look out he's already on to the next balcony which i kind of like well surprise surprise he makes it he does not fall to his death at this point drunken luck with him yeah is what he's got he does somehow surprisingly make it over to david likes apartment 
and he's there for like a suspiciously long time and Coleran's like what is he doing over there and so he calls David Like's apartment and the phone's busy and he's like what? well we should also sorry we should real quick point out too I think it's probably important that the sliding door is open because I thought that was really interesting oh. that like he could actually get in because the sliding door was not open but um, unlocked like he could just open it and go well, in so it he had goes to have been apartment. at least like cracked a little bit for Coco to get in that's true yeah so i think it was yeah anyway it'll be that'll be important for clues later i think yes yeah so it it took a little while for quillerin to get a hold of odd i think odd calls him like quillerin calls and the line's busy so like odds obviously calling someone from that apartment already which i thought was so funny that quillerin didn't just go down to the apartment and start knocking on the door right yeah like his friend obviously made it across like okay now you can go over there because your friend's in yeah, the apartment in. <laughs> yeah yeah make sure that your friend doesn't bring your cat back the balcony way because yes exactly <laughs> he's a drunken idiot right yeah. now he doesn't know what he's doing um so anyway odd does eventually call back and is like um so i found something over here um yeah your friend's dead (laughs) oh god sorry i'm not giggling at death your delivery was just so good on that (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it it seems that coco can sense death from across a courtyard Well, he can sense death from Scotland, so of course that's, he can. Yeah, the that's true. I didn't know how honed his skills were at this point in his life. That's true. That's true. But they're they're honed enough for him to know that David like is deceased at this point. Um, well, or we also get the interesting thought from Quiller in a little bit later of like, how much did you actually witness? Like, did you? Yeah, that's true. Maybe he saw the murderer over there and decided to to stalk away. Right? Because he's been to that apartment twice now. Mm-hmm. So he probably knows it. Probably, you know, could have, like, looked across and, I don't know, something about, you know, recognizing that guy over there. I don't recognizing know. Recognizing a head that he wants to bite? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. We don't know. We don't know. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that was one of the more ridiculous parts of the chapter, for sure. Definitely entertaining. Yeah. But, oh my, yeah, it just was, like, one thing that led into the other of, like, Cooler, and why are you roping your cat up on a balcony? What, odd, what, what are you doing? Like, I don't know. It all was just, like, a series of terrible choices that led to death. That, I mean, they didn't really no. mean it to, but. Yeah, no, nothing they did caused a death, but they did find a dead body. They did. They did. Yeah, and it's kind of shocking. David Lake's been such a big character so far. I feel like that was kind of a an interesting character to kill off yeah well i guess well we don't really get any like we don't get much development in his murder investigation no. like we get like a couple of clues here and there but nothing really substantial so like we don't even mm-hmm. really know why yeah no the only thing we get so far we get a few other clues things like you know Quillerin reports to the police uh, so the police do show up by the time Quillerin gets over there the police are there um, Quillerin does tell there's apparently like a cool cop and like a dick cop that's kind of how I was picturing it like there's basically a cop that Quillerin likes and there's one that Quillerin doesn't like who's kind of like sarcastic and you know a little bit brush brush offy mm. and so Quillerin does tell 
the cop that he likes, Hames, I think that's his last name, H-A-M-E-S, Hames, about the art that David, like, mentioned. Mm-hmm. And he, I think he also feels compelled to be like, oh, so, yeah, I was here earlier. Um, yeah. I was probably the last one to see him alive. Right. He explained the whole Coco thing, and the police are like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, you you got here through the balcony because you're a cat? That's true. They don't really, I mean, I'm not sure I would believe him either because they look at the balcony and they're like, okay, wait, actually, how did you get here though? Yeah, like, why were you in this apartment? <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing too, I thought was really interesting is that they, this is another, they didn't really mention yet how this is another place. Like, are they still going to publish? They did kind of mention that because the police were like, oh, I'm they- starting to think that like your newspaper is setting all of these things up that like, you know yeah um and a little bit earlier quilleran had pointed some fingers at the the rampage right because there was like a suspicious donation to the police right before they raided um the house that they had covered and when he talked to his boss his boss harold percy was like um both newspapers actually make donations to the police at the same time so like that's not that's not connected but quilleran's like pretty dead set on like someone is behind all of these all of these things someone's out to get them right yeah they're really on the the kick of the morning rampage like sabotaging them mm-hmm. because the, and Quilleran even like names a name there's a guy Blomer Blomer Matt something I think mm, sure yeah Blomp's firm yes <laughs> sounds correct um he so this other guy it actually turns out that there's a guy and it's hard to know i mean quiller could just be like weird and jealous but he also is like oh my god there was a guy that koki said hi to in the press club and like now he's convinced koki's in on it because this guy's apparently a dick and like there was some other <laughs> i'm like naming the not significant things but there was some actual reason that quiller was like suspecting him of being involved somehow of like trying to because his whole theory is that there is he claims there's over a million dollars worth of advertising going into either gracious abodes or the morning rampages extra little magazine that they're also putting out so there's a lot at stake and so he thinks there was something in this guy's past that he was like he's done this before he would do this kind of thing now um, and now he started to suspect Koki because Koki Wright did initially suggest the the woman's house, the women's house, the brothel um, initially, and then you know was had different reactions or whatever. And then because she did know this guy at the morning rampage, and then also we find out from who do we find out from? Is it the planned ugliness guy again? What are we talking about? Oh, sorry. I guess I didn't actually say the thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> we find out that she actually had dated David Lake. Oh, yeah. I Was that at, like, the end of... That was at the end of a chapter. That was, her, yeah, was I that think from that the was... French guy? Oh, my God. That's right. The French guy. Yeah, that was the very last thing. I think, yeah. I think we're kind of into the, the like, wrap-up parts of the chapter where there were like a few last little bits but you're right it might have been the french guy because well the not french guy (laughs) the guy the not french guy and the french guy are the same person (laughs) yes correct correct Um, the non-french french French guy 
Yeah. So there's this really funny guy. So the very end of this chapter, Quillerin has like all these different suspicions. Um, he obviously needs another, whether it's for the next week or they're actually going to publish um david likes apartment yet we're not really sure but so he goes to another there's yet another interior decorator in um this town and it is this guy uh boulanger mr boulanger and then he goes to this designer's place and is like hello i'm here to speak with mr boulanger and this guy comes out and is like hi i'm jack and he's like no no i'm here to speak with a french designer and he's like yep that's me say say me oh ho ho and he like does like keeps throwing in these french phrases and like a fake french accent every now and then it seems like and he's like yeah so here's me here's my story and like tells this whole story about how he was from this town whichever town they're in the wrong side of the tracks though oh he started in the wrong side of the tracks that is true Mm -hmm. with david mike with David Like, that was very interesting too. Mm-hmm. Yes. And David Like apparently changed his name too. Yeah. So all of these so, designers just have like phony personas. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's kind of what I think we're starting to see is that like, yeah, all of these these people are kind of putting on their own act that goes towards the, you know, the theatrics of selling their vision, you know, mm-hmm. their like interior design, whatever. Yeah, so this guy is basically like, yeah, oh yeah, like I've been childhood friends with David like from the beginning. We both grew up pretty, you know, poor or whatever. David like definitely got along much better than me because he was like very, um, you know, charismatic, his personality. He, you know, kind of skated by on his his looks or whatever. Um, And so this guy, Jack, was always like, I always thought I was just, I was working for him for a long time. And then apparently Jack went to Paris for school and then he came back, the big old hotshot, and he stole all of the muggy swamp clients from David Like, all except the Tates. And it is heavily implied that the reason that the Tates didn't leave David Like for Jack slash Mr. Boulanger is because of whatever scandal it is that Quillerin still doesn't fucking know. Yeah, we still don't have any idea what the scandal is. I'm so mad he didn't look into that more. He just dropped yeah. it. He dropped well, it. Well, he asked a bunch of people and everyone was like, I don't know. That's true. He did ask a bunch of people. It's <laughs> a good point. Oh, I just want to know so I bad. Know. I'm really curious. But I mean, we only have one more section, so we'll figure it out. That's true. They better fucking tell and us. And we also better fucking get yum yum. I know. Oh, my God. Well, the other thing we get, so that kind of wraps up almost everything. I think the only last little bit is that we do from the time that Quillerin brings Coco back to his apartment Coco's been acting really weird mm-hmm. I mean he could I think be in shock he possibly might have witnessed a murder or at least saw maybe his first well would have been second dead body because he definitely saw the terrible art critics yeah his his owner yeah um but this might have been the first time since then maybe well, get used to it, Coco. <laughs> you're in yeah, your life of crime. <laughs> life of crime and life of moving frequently. <laughs> it's almost like Quillard and Coco are on the run. <laughs> kind of. They're like there's like a there's like an alternate version of these books where like Quillard is a serial killer and Coco like helps him <laughs> and they just like like <laughs> skate skate past the law and yeah. uh... fanfic anyone. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um but yeah so in um 
in the last little bit of news we get here, Coco has not been acting very like himself, really. He's just been really lethargic. He hasn't been meeting Quillerin at the door when he comes in. Um, and then Quillerin at one point does run into him. He, like, looks all over that apartment. He comes home. He can't find him anywhere. He's freaking out. He did not chain him to the balcony this time. So he is actually <laughs> in the apartment somewhere. And I did really like that it turned out that he was just sitting on a chair. Because I've done that so many times. Like, looked a million places and then been like, oh, God, you're just you're right there. Right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, like, she wrote it so well. It was just like a you know oh um you know in the way that cats are just invisible until they want you to see them mm-hmm. like quiller and all of a sudden just saw him and he's sitting on a uh, big green chair that odd had been a fan of when he was drunkenly in quote apartment and coco's sitting there and he is uh kind of meowing in a little weak way and all of a sudden, Quillerin realizes that there's a big patch of the green chair missing from the top. And then Coco starts coughing up little bits of green wool fluff. Gross. Which is very gross. And apparently the chair is Danish. Modern. Uh, yeah. Style. So that, I think this is, do you think this is where Quillerin, because I know he calls the bartender who had suggested a, uh, cat psychiatrist yeah that was psychiatrist (laughs) psychiatrist yeah maybe so he that he gives the bartender a a call right afterwards and was like i want to talk to your psychiatrist yes he meets lori (gasps) oh my god maybe (gasps) oh i hope that's lori that would be so cool yeah Wait, Lori, maybe oh we don't God. know because that was like literally the last sentence of the chapter that we read, so we have no idea That's who true. this cat psychiatrist is. I am gonna be mad now if that's not the case. That's <laughs> such a good guess. Oh my God, I will say that was funny. Psychiatrist was such a a better visual pun than it is to say it. Yeah, like it doesn't saying make it, any sense when you say it out loud. <laughs> no. It just and like it was funny because she capitalized cat in psychiatrist like twice. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, we get it. Like we, <laughs> we get it. Not far be it for me to ever be tired of a cat pun. I lo- I do love yeah, it. Yeah, but that one's just not a very strong one. <laughs> it's true. It's true. There are probably other ways to psychiat cat? No. That's true. That would be yeah, the place to put it. I guess it. that is the way to it. What are other words for psychiatrist, though? Counselor? That doesn't work. Either. Therapist? Therapist? Theracat. Theracatatrist? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now that we're doing it, that might be the best yeah, option. I guess Fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I do love that our, our argument with it is not that it's not good it's just that there might be something there better, be something better. better that one's pun. hard to say <laughs> yeah this is an audio medium lillian jackson brown <laughs> oh wait a minute <laughs> i love that psychiatry trist i mean it doesn't sound like psychiatrist anymore it's <laughs> true it doesn't but psychiatrist doesn't really either yeah <laughs> Okay, well, we'll have to muse on it. If anyone comes up with something better, let us know. <laughs> yeah, please let us know. Oh my. DM us your best puns. 
Yes. Or openly broadcast yeah. on the internet. Or that. Whatever okay. you choose. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. Is that it? Uh, probably not, but that's all I can think of. <laughs> Fair. We'll refill in any gaps uh, next time. Yeah. If it if it was anything big that led to the, the conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, this section was really funny. It just felt like a, a big conglomerate of uh, very silly, but very mysterious things. Yeah, it just like seemed like a lot happened. Like, I feel like there's a lot of sections that we read where it's like, big things happen, but there's a lot of like fluff in the middle. I feel like this yeah. section was like a lot of like really important seeming clues, like all in a row. Yeah, you know, I was thinking that too. I was trying to think of like, I wonder if it's the way that we... Cause I mean, but this one was more chapters because I was like, oh, my God, what if it's like a four chapter cycle with her where it's like every other set of four chapters is like is really, important. you know, yeah. exciting. And then the next chapter is like a, the down four chapters. But like that doesn't make any I don't know why that doesn't make any sense. So No, I think there's just a lot going on in this book. And so in this section, she had a lot to like include. That's true. And I was thinking that's oh that's true all of these things are that's true it is the last section before the conclusion conclusion. so she did probably have to weave in a lot more things weave aka natalie noyton anyone do you have any predictions um because i I sure as hell don't (laughs) i'm certainly suspicious of Koki and her jealousy of Natalie so I don't know if there's like a little something something there yeah I'm almost worried that I mean I know Harold Noyton is a big part like a character that just remains around later but it almost seems a little suspicious he seems a little suspicious to me like I wonder if he's some oh also we didn't mention like everyone is leaving the country all of a sudden like Harold Noyton's already out of the country Tate is presumably at this point out of the country um who else someone else like recently left the country too was it skywalker oh yeah yeah it was skywalker whose name we will never fully it's stark weather i think dark weather that sounds right i think that's actually it but skywalker i'm gonna so much stick more with skywalker thing. yeah yeah that was a little tidbit too yeah that we get a call from uh skywalker to quillerin's apartment right after David Lyke is announced dead and um, he mostly is fishing. He seems a little suspicious to me too, because he is kind of fishing with Quillerin to be like, are you printing anything salacious? Like he doesn't even really say it, but Quillerin has to like pull it out of him of like, why are you calling me? Are you, you, are you worried that like, we're going to print something really crazy and like, you're going to have to deal with it like business wise. And he's kind of like, okay, yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Maybe, I don't know. Bye. But Quillerin's like, well, no, we're not printing anything. We just printed, like, the the basics. We're not, like, speculating on what happened to him yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, like, maybe suspicious. I don't think he has, like, a whole lot of motive, though. Because he's the one who owns the company. Like, he invested his money in it. And David, like, was just the talent. Yeah, but we do hear from... So, so Quillerin also, sneakily, when he knows that Skywalker's at the business, at work, mm-hmm. he calls the Starkweather house and he gets Mrs. Starkweather and you know wants to talk to her and get her side of it because she was the one that was like oh I love David I love David mm-hmm. like in front of everyone and so she's you know rightly broken up about his death but uh, you know she also lets slip that uh, Skywalker is 
now the full owner of the business even though it was yeah. a good partnership he now owns the full business yeah but he was the one who invested in the first place so he's yeah that's true like it's only like his money that he's going to like gain or lose i don't know um that's but you, you know who he did miss who is looking weirdly suspicious kind of out of the blue is uh the japanese caterers oh yeah yeah we find out that the caterer uh yushi mm-hmm. is only a caterer because david like set him up as a caterer and was like yeah. he's a caterer now he does all my parties and he now did all of david likes parties and was doing like a there is one last thing we're gonna get a really fun hopefully we'll get this party um in the next chapter apparently david like in his will set up a whole fund for instead of a funeral he wants everyone to go like to this fancy ass bar and just like drink and dance and have like a big party on him until the money runs out (laughs) sounds delightful right Um, like i kind of want to do that now but the other suspicious thing about the japanese caterer is that um it sounds like david likes a lot of if not all of david likes uh illegal decorative items that he wanted to hide were from japan and should be in some sort of like national treasury or museum right Um, and that's the illegal part of that that he shouldn't have them because they were never supposed to leave japan in the first place that's right i forgot that we got that so there is there are some like suspicious and i think like he was really close with the caterer and maybe like left him some things if not all of his illegal things so there are like some suspicious connections that could potentially form from that that's true yeah i had forgotten all about that that's a good point well how does yum yum fit into all how of this how does yum yum fit on <laughs> into all of this and were the japanese uh, caterers a part of the tate's life that's true because that is true. jade is also could potentially be japanese that's true that's a good point yeah yeah oh my god what if yum yum was also smuggled over <gasps> what if yum yum is asian royalty Oh my god, what if she is? Oh, she definitely is. Yum yum. Yum yum. I mean, I'm not sure I trust Quillerin now that he's, I mean, hopefully he's done leaving cats on balconies. <laughs> and I know he becomes a good pet owner later, but yeah. right now I'm not too happy with him. Yeah. No, for sure. Cats should Oof. not be left alone in unsafe environments. Yeah. Even if they are tied up, especially if they're tied up because no one should tie up a cat. No, they don't want to be tied up. No. They want to be let no. free in their own confined oh, no. spaces. I know. In their own tiny little spaces. Yeah, isn't that right, Chun Chun? Oh. He's pancakes right now. He is dead to the world. <laughs> Mine are too, except it's getting about to be dinner time. I love that we've recorded long enough that we went from your dinner your cat dinner time <laughs> to my cat dinner time. <laughs> nice. I might yes. actually give my cats more dinner oh I'm second second kitty dinner. Second kitty dinner i'm still trying to like figure out how much they actually eat because sometimes they eat their food and sometimes they leave like most yeah. of their plate untouched no it's super annoying well 
That was Cat Food Corner. That was Cat Food Corner. (laughs) If you have flavors that you would like to recommend. Oh my god, yeah, please recommend away. Please recommend away. My cats seem to really enjoy salmon. Yeah, my cats always go for the fish flavors. Like, they do love the... There's one that's like ocean tuna and shrimp or something. It's like a combination mm -hmm. of a couple that they like really like. Yeah. I've recently recently discovered that... um, Chuni's not a big fan of like people food. Like sometimes I'll feed him some of like my food, but he'll just kind of like pick at it and walk away. But Mushu, I have recently discovered, is a huge fan of people salmon. Oh, he loves that people he salmon. He loves huh? that people salmon. <laughs> like he likes canned kitty salmon also, but he is a massive fan of people salmon. Do you know what Murphy loves people food wise? And I don't know if I've ever talked about this on here before. I feel like I should have because it is quite well known in our house. (laughs) Murphy fucking loves some ham. Oh, ham. Yeah. I think you have mentioned that. Yeah. She, especially that we get the Trader Joe's uh, sliced ham, Mm -hmm. just the, like one of the cheap packages that we usually eat, just like us ourselves. Mm -hmm. And every single time we like open and give her some and she, her eyes get bigger than I have ever seen. (laughs) those pupils dilate yeah those pupils dilate we also love to joke because her little like she doesn't really meow she like squeaks a little bit mm. more so than meows but she does this little like kind of like cry that john always jokes she's saying ham <laughs> <laughs> ham give me ham ham <laughs> Oh, boy. Actually, yeah, I should go feed them. But can't wait to talk to you next week. Yeah, figure out what happens to Yum Yum. Oh, my God. I cannot wait to know. Yes. Oh, I cannot wait to know. I hope Yum Yum just walks in and solves all of it. All the confusion for all of the people. She's just like, here's here, lays it all out. I hope she just shows up at Cooler in store and is like, I hear you're a cat lady. I hear you're the local. I live here now. I hear you take in uh, orphaned Siamese from murder cases. (laughs) I am one of those. (laughs) Oh my god, yes. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening, guys. Um, You know, you can find us on all those social medias if you so choose. All social social medias. We're on Patreon and Goodreads. And uh, yeah, just thanks for listening, guys. Pet your kitties for us. And your puppies. And your puppies and your rabbits. And your rabbits. Oh, and if you want some fun puppy news, go ahead and treat yourself to Sir Patrick Stewart's Instagram feed. (gasps) Oh, yes, please. Oh, my God. He is such a gem. Yeah. Oh, my God. We shouldn't even, like, talk about it. We should just say to go do it. And I don't think people will. Just go do it. Just go do it. You Um, you won't be let down you really will not be let down one of the last pictures that he posted is now the uh lock screen photo on my phone (laughs) i noticed that (laughs) i would not have it any other way so well deserved sir pat oh sir pat's due yes just (sighs) an angel of a human oh fucking dreamboat is what he is for sure (laughs) All right. Well, on that, goodbye. Bye. <laughs>